Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, March the 19th, 2023. It is currently 4.50 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, whenever you begin a study of anything in the Bible or even in theology, theology, scripture, Bible study, doctrine, church history, whenever you begin a study, one of my favorite things, now I know not everyone does study this way, but one of my favorite things in study, it didn't matter if it was Bible college, seminary, a Bible institute, it doesn't matter if it's my own devotional time, if it's my own Bible study, doesn't matter if I'm listening to a sermon, whenever you are engaged in study, and I was going to say this as just a universal truth, it's obviously not a universal truth because I don't think most churches do this. And I, I don't think maybe, maybe you probably some of you will be able to understand what I'm about to say. I had to catch myself because I was going to say, whenever you study, this is what happens. But then I realized it probably isn't what happens for everyone. But for me, whenever you begin a study, My favorite part of it is because you never really know where you're going to end up. I know that makes no sense, right? Because you're like, no, we're studying John chapter two. So where are we going to end up with concluding John chapter two? But what I have discovered so many times is that I can set out to study this idea in scripture or this book or this concept or whatever. And and somewhere within the study, I stumble upon some idea, some concept that I hadn't seen or thought of before. And so the next thing you know, I'm diverting a little bit and I'm following it. Now, sometimes I will be disciplined and not in a sense, chase the rabbit, but I don't I believe when we use that term chasing a rabbit, we, we do so in a derogatory way or it's a negative thing. And I do understand sometimes it can be negative, right? Sometimes you can chase the rabbit and it's leading you off the path you should be on. But sometimes I believe that what happens is we're studying this and the next thing you know, we stumble upon this idea. And I think in some cases we should follow it. We should go after it. We should chase it because it's very much related to what we were studying and because of its significance or its importance. Let me give you an idea. We've spent almost four years in the book of Romans. Somewhere in, we got to what, Romans 10, and I realized, hmm, law and gospel. So we've now been off on a, you know, what, 80 80 episodes of looking at law and gospel. So in some ways you could say you've diverted so far off the path from Romans 10, but I don't think we have. I think it it is so adjacent to what we have done. So I think in that case, it's all right. So there's so many times I, you know, we're going to look at this and then the next thing you know, we're having this discussion or this discussion. And I kind of, I love that. I love that with church. I love that with podcasting. I love, and even and and one of the things I guess sometimes I hate about traditional structure for education is you can be in Bible college or you can be in seminary and you're like, oh, 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 look at this. And you want to start pursuing it, but you can't because, well, you've got 
with in a traditional structure for education, they're like, nope, we got to stay right here. We got to stay focused. We got to stay focused. We see if I was teaching at a Bible college or uh, or a seminary or a Bible institute. Honestly, even though I would say this is what we're going to study this semester, I, I I personally believe every semester would be unique because based off something we stumble upon, some question someone asked, that sometimes I would just, you know what, here's what we're supposed to be doing in this class, but we're going to follow this because I, I think sometimes the greatest discovery, the greatest education is when you find yourself being diverted to a certain, and you pursue it, you chase it. I think sometimes that's where more learning takes place other than this rigid, no, 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 no. This is what we're supposed to be doing. We're going to stay right here. So for the Bible study exercise, I I, I think sometimes I start off like this is where we're going, but somewhere in the middle of that Bible study exercise, I divert and I let us go wherever we need to go. And so um, I, that's just my approach. Maybe it's a, maybe you understand that philosophy. I think sometimes you, I, I think some of you very much have articulated to me, you do the same thing. You're like, because sometimes you realize you're getting sidetracked and sometimes we have to acknowledge, okay, no, 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 no. That's taking us too far off the path. It's not staying adjacent. It's not staying connected. All right. I need to, I need to come back to that at a later time. You should come back to it. But then there are other times that what seems that is diverting you from your original goal, really it's okay. It's adjacent enough. It's connected enough. And sometimes it's where you need to go. So if you've been paying attention to the Bible study exercise podcast series, you know, we've been in the gospel of John. We've been looking at individual chapters in the Gospel of John, and hopefully you have found these chapters to be very interesting, and that our approach to each one, I think, has been unique. This week, we are supposed to have been in John chapter 8. We really did not get there till yesterday, and so yesterday and today, we have worked on John chapter 8. But somewhere in the midst of all of this work on the Gospel of John— John chapter 5, now John chapter 8, we, 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 we kind of started following a, a kind of an adjacent concept. And that's the idea that the gospel of John, within the gospel of John, there are seven signs. Seven signs. In other words, there are seven accounts, seven events that happen in the gospel of John that serve as seven signs. And remember, I told you about a book to buy that I wanted everyone to buy, and I wanted everyone to start working on it. And if you remember those seven signs, all right, here we go. The seven signs of Jesus play a prominent role in the structure of the gospel of John. These signs exclusively appear in the first half of John. Now, when we say a seven, these seven signs, this is very important, what we realize is that these events, these things that happened, they, they're literal historical events that happened, but they serve as a sign. They point to something beyond the event itself. They're, they're pointing to something greater. And we think that most of these signs are actually pointing to the fact that Jesus is the eternal son of God, that they're pointing more to his deity and to his character and to his attributes. And we, we, we did a little bit of study on this. Now, remember the seven signs that we've listed. And we do know 
that some have a different list. And so we, we haven't spent on enough time working on that. So we could say there's eight signs, but right now we're, we'll just say there's seven signs. And here's the seven that is listed in the book that I told everyone about. Here we go. Turning water into wine, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Cleansing the temple, John chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Healing the nobleman's son, John chapter 4, verses 46 through 54. Healing the lame man, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. Feeding the multitude, John chapter 6, uh, verses uh, 1 through 15. Uh, Healing the blind man, John chapter 9, and raising Lazarus, raising Lazarus, John chapter 11. So that's turning water into wine, John chapter 2, cleansing the temple, John chapter 2, 12 through 17, healing the nobleman's son, John chapter 4, 50, 46 through 54, healing the lame man, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15, feeding the multitude, John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15, healing the blind man, John chapter 9, and raising Lazarus, John chapter 11. All right? Now, we mentioned these seven signs. We, we, we did a little bit of work on John chapter 5. Obviously, we did a little bit of work there. But we, start, we started really thinking about these seven signs. And I, and I want to go back to that, and I want to do some work on it. However, here's what I'm going to do. For this week in front of us, I'm going to give you at least an, an initial assignment, a little initial work here for the Bible study exercise. I know we're supposed to still work on John chapter 8. I know we're supposed to move on to another chapter in John, but I really want us to at least, see, this is kind of adjacent. This is not following the curriculum perfectly, but it's adjacent, and I think it's worth our time. All right, so here's what I want you to do. And here's why it happened. Let me explain. What time did I receive this email? Let me see if I can find the email. Let me see. What time did I find the email? Here we go. I found the email or I got the email. Let me see here. At 9.50 a.m. So I, I was already at the church. In fact, I was waiting to get ready to go live for Sunday school. We got started late. We had all kinds of technical problems. Uh, we started like 15, almost 20 minutes late, which was really frustrating. But sometimes things happen. My computer went crazy. The internet went crazy. Everything went crazy. But, uh, but before, right before Sunday school started, I received this email. And, and, and it was the subject line. As soon as I saw the subject line, I was like, whoa. Oh, I've got an idea. Here's the subject line. John, seven signs and seven I am's. Seven signs and seven I am's. The, the email was very short. It says this, looking at the seven signs pointing that Jesus is God and Jesus stating I am identifying himself uh, is God in the book of John. Now, they don't, really, they don't really ask a question. They're just kind of making a statement. But for me, it really hit me. I'm like, wait a minute. In the gospel of John, we have seven signs and we have seven I am statements. Seven signs seven I am statements. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you the seven, I've given you the seven signs and I'm going to give you the seven I am statements. What I want you to do is I want you to look at the seven signs and the seven I am statements and see if there's any correlation between the two. Is there any connection? Now, we don't want to force a connection that is not there. And I know there's probably been a hundred books written on this and a thousand sermons preached on this. 
and we'll we'll maybe we'll review some of the sermons. But at least for the beginning of this new week of Bible study, what I wanted you to do is you to just I want you to write a list for both. I want you to look at this at the the passages for each, and I want you to just see where you can see some kind of connection or correlation. I think this will be fun. I think it will add to our, I mean, we, in a roundabout way, this is turning more and more into a study of the gospel of John, but it, but it, it's, I, I hope again, it's adjacent. It, it's connected enough that I don't think we should ignore pursuing this. All right. So I've given you the seven signs. Let me give them to you one more time. You really should write these down. Turning water into wine, John 2, 1 through 11. Cleansing the temple, John 2, 12 through 17. Healing the nobleman's son, John 4, 46 through 54. Healing the lame man, John 5, 1 through 15. Feeding the multitude, John 6, 1 through 15. Healing the blind man, John 9. And raising Lazarus, John chapter 11. All right, those are, are the seven signs. Now, here are the seven I am statements. All right. Here are the seven I am statements. All right, you ready? Here we go. Number one, I am the bread of life. John 6, 35, 41, 48, and 51 is how it's listed here. But John chapter 6, 35, 41, 48, and 51. Now, let's just stop right here. I am the bread of life. I think that would fit very well with the sign of feeding the multitude in John chapter 6. I think there could be a close correlation there, don't you? Feeding the multitude, I am the bread of life. I think that would fit perfectly. Don't I, I think so, all right? I am the light of the world, John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world, John chapter 8, verse 12. Now, could that be connected to healing the blind man in John chapter 9? I'm more interested, I am the light of the world. Is it possibly connected to Jesus and the adulterous woman in the beginning of John 8? Now, I know some people believe it doesn't belong at the beginning of John chapter 8, but the, the I am the light of the world. Where does that fit? Does that fit with chapter 9 or does it fit with the first part of John chapter 8 verses 1 through 11? Do you see a correlation or a connection? All right, so the first I am statement is I am the bread of life. That clearly connects with the feeding of the multitude in John 6. I am the light of the world. Does that connect with, uh, well, if we were going to connect it to one of the signs, it would be the healing of the blind man in John chapter 9, right? Because John 8, the woman caught in adultery is not a sign. So if we're going to connect it to a sign, it would fit perfectly with the healing of the blind man. I think so. I am the door of the sheep. John chapter 10, verses 7 and 9. I am the door of the sheep. John chapter 10, 7 through 9. Where would we, where would we fit this one? I am the door of the sheep. Now in John 5, in John chapter 5, I had to reach down and grab my Bible. John chapter 5. And there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool. I'm not saying that that fits perfectly, 
but John 5 mentions the sheep. I don't know. Where do you think I'm the door of the sheep comes into play? All right. So number one, I am the bread of life. Number two, I'm the light of the world. Number three, I'm the door of the sheep. Number four, I am the resurrection and the life. John chapter 11, verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. John chapter 11, verse 25. Now, does that fit with possibly raising Lazarus? I I think there's a correlate. I think there's a correlation there right? Possibly. All right. Next, I am the good shepherd. John chapter 10 verses 11 and 14. I am the good shepherd. I don't know where we would want to put this one. Mm, I don't know. All right. Next, John chapter 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you think that goes with cleansing the temple? John 2, 12 through 17. Uh, uh, next, John 15, 1 through 5, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. Do you think that goes with turning water into wine? I, again, I want you to take the seven signs with the seven I am statements and see if you see correlation and connection. Um, I, I'm not saying, I, look, I know there's books written out there. There's sermons on this. I want you to work on this yourself. All right, so let's go through them again. The seven signs are turning water into wine, John 2, 1 through 11. Cleansing the temple, John 2, 12 through 17. Number three, healing the nobleman's son, John 4, 46 through 54. Uh, Healing the lame man, John 5, 1 through 15. Feeding the multitude, John 6, 1 through 15. Healing the blind man, John chapter 9. Raising Lazarus, John chapter 11. Those are the seven signs. The seven I am statements are, I am the bread of life, John 6, 35, 41, 48, and 51. I am the light of the world, John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the door of the sheep, John chapter 10, verse 7 and 9. Number four, I am the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five. 25. Number five, I am the good shepherd, John 10, 11 and 14. Number six, I am the way, the truth and the life, John chapter 14, verse six. And number seven, I am the true vine, John 15, verses one and five. What is the correlation? What is the connection between the two? I want you to just look for yourself. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look for yourself. Look at both passages. Look at the sign passages. Look at the the I am passages. Look at them and see, do you see an immediate correlation and connection? Right? So on one side of the paper, write the seven signs. On the other side of the paper, write the seven I am's. And then you can draw a line which one connects to the other? Which one connects to the other? Right? You can draw a line to which one. Turning water into wine goes to which I am statement. Uh, cleansing the temple goes to which I am statement. And just draw the correlation. Just do that on your own. And I want to see what you come up with. Please email it to me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. And then, and, then, and then if you can, I would love to get your explanation for why you see them is being connected. I think that would be very, very, very important. All right, so draw the correlation. Your next assignment, right? There's, there's, your, there's your first assignment. Your next is this. 
Now, according to at least the book, The Seven Signs, that I told everyone to purchase, another is that all these signs are specifically called signs in John's narrative. Uh, Some form of the Greek word for sign is used by John in referring to each of the seven signs. Now, I'm going to click on the footnote here. Uh, so that's interesting. So they're saying six of the seven signs. The footnote says six of the seven nines have the word. Okay, I'm going to look something up. I'm going to use, look, that, that, that's not helpful because the book says all seven contain it. And then the footnote says, no, only six. Okay, so that's not very helpful. I'm going to look up something here. I'm going to look up something here. I don't know if there's an easy way to find this. Okay, I don't want to search the whole Bible. Choose 67 times. I just want to use, see here. I'm going to go with the Gospels. John. Uh, see here. If we go to the seven signs, give me one second here. All right, John, that's 1 through 15. Hang on, let's do this. I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to go to John 6.30. I'm going to read in the Bible view. Then I'm going to click on the interlinear. I'm going to go to the interlinear. And it's this Greek word, choose 77 times. She's 77 times. All right, let's see where they it, it is found. All right. Uh, okay, uh, interesting. The word sign. So in John 2, 11, right, the turning water into wine, uh, the Greek word for sign is translated, this beginning of miracles did Jesus did, did, did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. So the Greek word for sign is found, is translated miracles in John 2, 11. And the cleansing of the temple, it's used right close to it, John 2, 18. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Now, that that puts it in verse 18. I I don't know if you can connect it to the cleansing of the temple. That's kind of interesting. All right. John 2, 23. Well, that wouldn't be helpful. So the next place it shows up is John 4. 48, which is the healing of the nobleman's son, and it shows up. Then Jesus, uh, then said Jesus unto him, except ye see signs, so it's translated signs, it also shows in verse 54, this is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee, all right? So it's translated miracle there, all right? Then in John 6, 2, which would be the feeding of the multitude, all right, so we don't have it in the healing of the of the lame man. We don't have it in the healing of the lame man, but we have it in the feeding of the multitude because, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles. That's the Greek word for sign, all right? Then it shows up in verse 14. The, uh, then those men who they said had seen the miracle, that's the Greek word for signs, right? Then John 9 is the next place it shows up. Uh, healing of the blind man, and it shows up, the Greek word shows up in John 9, 16. Um, Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such 
miracles, that's the Greek word for signs, and then in John chapter 11, where he raises Lazarus, uh, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, what, what do we, for this man doth many miracles, or it's the Greek word for signs, right? And the Greek word for signs, just so that you know, the Greek word for signs, which is obviously translated a lot of different ways, is this. Strong's G, 4592, Semion. 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 And Semion, a sign is a sign, a mark, a token. This is outlined for biblical usage. Um, uh, I see. Um, that by which a person or thing is distinguished from others and is known, a sign, prodigy, uh, an unusual occurrence transcending the common course of nature, assigns uh, remarkable events soon to happen of miracles and wonders by which God authenticates the men sent by him or by which men prove that the cause they are pleading is God's. Now here would be a miracle and wonder signs, which Jesus used to authenticate and prove that he is from God or to prove his deity, which is what these signs are for. So I don't know if the, the presence of this Greek word I think the book makes a big deal about the presence of the Greek word in these so-called signs, but most of them either appear right after the sign. And in some cases, it's not even like Jesus saying it's a sign. It's someone asking for more signs. So I, I think that the book places too much uh, uh, focus on that. So I will say this. We have seven signs, and the argument is these serves as signs. Some may argue the cleansing of the temple wasn't a sign, but it, to me, it clearly was. It points to Jesus' authority, his deity, to be able to walk into the temple and do that. I mean, like who, what normal person would do that, right? That has to be God himself, all right? So, and I think the rest of them make perfect sense. So the seven signs, again, are turning water into wine, John 2, 1 through 11. The cleansing of the temple, John 2, 12 through 17. The healing of the nobleman's son, John 4, 46 through 54. The healing of the lame man, John 5, 1 through 15. Feeding the multitude, John 6, 1 through 15. Healing the blind man, John 9. And raising Lazarus, John chapter 11. And then the seven I am statements, once again, are, I am the bread of life, John 6, 35, 41, 48, 51. I am the light of the world, John 8, 12. I am the door of the sheep, John 10, 7 through 9. I am the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five. I am the good shepherd, John 10, 11 and 14. I am the way, the truth and the life, John 14, 6. I am the true vine, John 15, 1 through 5. There you have it. Seven signs, seven I am statements. Now, some may remove the cleansing of the temple as a sign, some may uh, replace it with another one. So then you can ask yourself, do you have seven or do you have eight? Um, you, you can you could do, debate it. But the point is, I want to know how the signs fit with the I am statements. Whether you say there's seven signs or eight signs, the fact that it's seven and seven obviously makes it fit so well. And it preaches really good that there's seven, seven. But some may argue that there's actually eight. Some may believe, well, there's actually seven, but you need to remove the one on that list. We could have that debate. The point is, we have these miracles that happen in the Gospel of John that clearly serve as signs because they're pointing to something beyond the sign itself. They're pointing to something beyond just the miracle. They're pointing to something true about Christ. And of course, the I am statements is Jesus declaring what is true about him. So is the connection, the correlation between the I am and the signs is this. 
Jesus gives the signs where he demonstrates the truth about himself in a miracle form and a sign form. He's like, hey, I'm doing this miracle as a sign to point to the truth about me. And then in the I am statements, he's he's declaring it to be so by speaking the reality, by telling everyone the truth. So can we connect what he says in the I am statements to the sign signs that he had given by the miracles and by the things that he performed? If we can draw a perfect parallel, then that's awesome. We don't want to force it. We don't want to make it to be so. You can go find books that will tell you that, oh, yeah, this fits, but we don't want to go look at those right now. We don't want to go look at those. So I was going to have you look for the Greek word, but I basically just did it for you. All right. We didn't, nothing. I don't, I don't see anything of great significance there. The book, may, because again, the book says this. The book says this. Uh, let me see if I can find it. The book says, um, where is it? Uh, it says, another is that all these signs are specifically called signs in John's narrative. Some form of the Greek word for sign is used by John in referring to each of the seven signs. I don't, I don't believe that's true. I, don't, I believe that's an untrue statement. I do, you look at where the word sign shows up. It's not Jesus referring to it as a sign. That's just, that's just not true. That's just not true. I, 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 we did not, maybe I missed something, but I did not see that. So we're going to set that part aside. So your assignment, first assignment is you look at the seven signs and the seven I am statements and you see the correlation. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to find at least one article online about the seven I, the seven signs and the seven I am statements and see how they connect or correlate them see if it fits with what you found. And then I want you to find one sermon, one sermon using the Sermons 2.0 app because that's just everyone using the exact same app. It make, makes it simple, especially when you share it. It's just easy that I can point everyone else to it. One sermon that draws a correlation between the seven uh, signs and the seven I am statements. Find one article and find one sermon. There you have it. That's, that's, how, that's what you get started on this week for your Bible study exercise. Should be fun. First, just draw your own. I want you to read the seven uh, signs passages, and I want you to read the seven I am passages, and then I want you yourself to figure out the correlation. You may go, ah, nah, I don't really think there's much here. Or you may go, wow, we're on to something. Figure it out yourself. Then look for on the internet, find an article, and you may look at an article going, and don't just find the article that, just look for the first like random one you find, and you may go, wait a minute, this is crazy. That, that, or you may go, wow, 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 they're onto something. And then pick just a random sermon. Just pick a random sermon, seven signs, seven I am statements. You may have to do a little searching, see what you can find. It should be a fun week if you really will participate. And then, of course, you better be emailing me at newsif at yahoo.com. Look, if you don't email me, then you didn't really do your homework, okay? Because I need to know what you're doing because that leads to the discussion. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Let's not pass up this opportunity. I know we're working on Ezekiel 40 through 48. I know that was for the today's focus, but for the Bible study exercise, I'm giving you lots of assignments this week already, but, but 
I really want you to, not, not, I don't want us to miss this. I don't want us to miss this because I think there's something here. I don't know exactly what, and I don't know, I don't want to make it more significant than it is, but it just seems that seven I am, seven st- signs, all in one gospel. I, I think we're on to something personally, but we'll see. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. I'm pausing. I'm trying to pause to see if anyone hops into the chat to go, I'm so confused, or, oh, this is good, or, but I think I'm just going to be met with resounding silence. It's okay. It's okay. I can handle it. I, I, I am, I am, I am, I don't know what I am. I am something. I am, I am, I am dumb enough to handle it. I was going to say, I'm strong enough to handle it, but that kind of sounded like bragging, but I'm dumb enough to handle it. That sounds kind of, I don't know that I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm just, I, well, I have no choice but to handle it. There you go. So. All right, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Let's make it a good week of study. We need a good week of study. Do you need a good week? I need a good week of study. I think I do. I think I'm in desperate need of a good week of study. I really do. I really do. The Ezekiel 40 through 48 scares me a little bit because I don't even know what, how to proceed, proceed with that. But I, I, this John thing, we can, we can de- definitely wrap our minds around. And I just think it adds to what we've been trying to do for the Bible study exercise. All right. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. All right. I've been met with resounding silence. This is what I'm going to pretend. I'm going to pretend that this is what's really happening. I'm, I'm pretending that people are not able to type right now and tell me what they think because this is happening. Okay, that's probably not actually happening, but I'm going to pretend that everybody's like, yeah, this is great. I can't wait for this week of Bible study. Yay. But I, I, it's really people like, who cares? I bet you. I bet you. I don't know. All right. Email me. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. All right. Got a week of Bible study in front of us. Let's not waste a minute of it. Sunday, all right? I don't know what you're doing tonight, but if you, if it's one of those lazy Sunday evenings, it's always good to get started on a lazy Sunday evening before you get to a busy Monday afternoon or a busy, busy Monday night. So dig in, start making those charts. Let's figure it out. All right, thanks for listening. God bless.